Hey beautiful, welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone help me climb out of the dark miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, he won't stop seeing her, must have been my fault and this pain, it'll never go away until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Hey beautiful, we are back for part two of our two-part little episode on deception. One of the hardest things to heal from when we have been betrayed. You know, we've talked about it on Tuesday that deception is so hard to heal from because it affects our trust. You know, we have completely given our undivided trust, love, devotion, loyalty to this person that we've married to, and they have demolished every bit of that trust down to the core. And I often hear someone who's been deceived say, you know, I'll never trust anybody again. My walls are going to be up far more than before. I remember even for me, I had this picture in my brain that I had built Rapunzel's castle around myself and I had bricked in every last bit of it. Wasn't going to let anybody in because who could I trust, right? And it was even hard to trust myself. Deception also affects our self-worth, right? It causes us to self-blame. Why didn't we see these things? All the red flags makes us feel stupid. And deception also brings feelings of grief and anger. We get furious when we have been deceived and we realize the depth of it. So how do we find healing for our souls that are suffocating from the deception? Well, we talked a little bit about that on Tuesday. Go below in the show notes, listen to that one. It was really, really good because today I really want to talk to you a little bit more about how deception affects both parties involved. Not just the one who's been deceived, but Does deception also affect the deceiver? And in reality, yes, it does. So I'm going to start there today. How does deception actually affect the one who is the deceiver? Well, it creates this dilemma for them. In reality, they begin to deal with underlying guilt 
and self-loathing. Now, deceivers often find themselves mired in guilt. They, they really hate themselves at the core for what they're doing. And I know when you look at it, they might not seem like they load themselves and they might not seem like they have a lot of guilt. But reality is deep at the core, they do. That's why a lot of times you'll notice that they compartmentalize. What I mean by that is they have two separate lives. They have their life at home with their wife, their children, uh, the day-to-day living with friends, family, co-workers, and then they have this secret, hidden, deceptive lifestyle that no one knows about. It's in the dark, so to speak. It's kind of like Mr. Hyde, right? He's hiding out and nobody knows that he exists yet. But there is this guilt that comes from this lifestyle. And the reason why they compartmentalize is so that they don't get hit in the face with the guilt. They try to keep it at bay. Also, the guilt and the self-loathing can come out through gaslighting, through self, uh, the, the blame shifting, the manipulation, the victimization that they take on making you the villain and them the victim. All of this is to keep the guilt and the self-loathing at bay, knowing that they have betrayed the trust of someone that they care about leads to a profound feeling of shame and sometimes deep regret. And that act of deception actually can corrode their self-esteem. It can cause it to plummet. It can cause that self-worth to completely be thrown on the wayside, right? Leaving deep emotional scars that can even last for a lifetime. So they deal with guilt and self-loathing. The second thing is there's this fear of discovery. That is one of their dilemmas. This fear of living in a constant state of fear of their lies being exposed. What if I'm found out? What if they open Pandora's box and they find all of my secrets? What will happen, right? What if they find out I have this secret lifestyle of an affair going on? What if I'm found out that, you know, I've had a pornography addiction for 15 plus years? What if I'm found out that I've been hiring prostitutes or paying for sex, right? So it's this fear, this this fear of discovery that is overwhelming them. This fear can be um, lead to anxiety. It can lead to deep-rooted stress and even paranoia. And the pressure of maintaining this facade, like wearing the mask, so to speak, takes a toll on their mental state, their emotional well-being. And again, it comes out with anger burst. It comes out with manipulation and gaslighting and blaming you for the whole affair. It can also uh, be where they are emotionally abusive. They start to have reactive abuse, which means that they are now uh, causing themselves to be the victim and you are the one who is victimizing them. You are the one to blame for it all. So that fear of discovery is a huge dilemma. The third dilemma that they face is this loss of authentic connection. 
When they are deceiving the ones that they love, they actually are sacrificing authentic connections for shallow, deceptive ones. You know, a lot of times we, as the ones who have been betrayed, think that these affairs are deeply rooted in a love, like they have fallen deeply madly in love with this affair person. And nine times out of 10, that's not the case. Because it's never about the sex, right? It's about far more than that. And they are literally in a very shallow, deceptive lifestyle. So there's no authentic, deep connection there. They miss out on the deep emotional intimacy. They're missing out on deep trust that genuine love can bring. And this loss that they are experiencing, it leads to a sense of emptiness and loneliness, which then perpetuates more pornography use or more... Um, uh, affairs down the line, you know, just seeking to get the uh, high of the oxytocin and the dopamine. I need more stimuli from somewhere because, again, I'm dealing with a sense of emptiness, loneliness, and now it's causing me to, you know, my self-worth is even getting worse. Uh, my self-esteem is plummeting. You know, now my confidence is thrown out the window, and it's just this virtual that leads nowhere. It's like this miry pit that they get caught in that they can't climb out of. So that's the deceiver's dilemma, right? On the deceiver side. What about the one who is deceived? What about you, right? What is that desolation that you enter into because you have found out that you've been deceived at such a great level? Well, the first thing is betrayal trauma. Yep, you knew I was going to go there, right? You are suffering trauma due to this massive betrayal. For those who have been deceived, discovering the betrayal, it results in a deep-rooted trauma akin to a physical wound. It's like the pain of the betrayal cuts deep. It's shattering the trust that they've invested in the relationship that they had with their spouse, right? So the betrayal trauma can lead to feelings of depression, anxiety, even post-traumatic stress disorder, or what's called as the complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Like it really has traumatized you so greatly to where it's complex, so betrayal trauma is a real thing. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's a real thing. And it's like an earthquake has gone off in your life and your whole entire world has been shattered to the core. It's kind of like that crystal glass that you're holding in your hand and all of a sudden your spouse just, you know, inadvertently or just carelessly has knocked himself into you or herself into you and caused that crystal glass to fall out of your hands and it goes shattering into a million billion pieces on the floor. And you look at it and go, how will it ever be restored? Because at that moment of the shattering, we can't even imagine it being placed back together again. But that's where God comes in, right? He actually can put all the shattered pieces of our life 
back together again. The trauma doesn't have to define us. It can actually refine us into something and someone better than before. Then the second thing we deal with is called emotional scarring. Now, deception leaves emotional scars for sure. And, you know, I can remember having a conversation with God about all of the scars that I now was was housed within me, right? I literally was like, God, I have so many scars. But I want to tell you, at that moment in time, it was one of those aha moments for me where I heard God so loud and clear, where he spoke to my heart and said, daughter, I know you have emotional scars. I know you have them. I have them as well. But instead of them being a constant reminder of what I had to go through for you, they remind me of how much I love you. And moving forward, instead of looking at your scars as the things that have wounded you and caused great distress and trauma in your life, let them serve as a reminder of how deeply you love, how loyal you are, and trustworthy you really have been created to be. So for me, my scars have great meaning now. They don't mean the same to me anymore. But for most, they leave uh, an emotional scar that affects their future relationships, unfortunately. And the one who's deceived may struggle to trust again, to always fear a reoccurrence of betrayal with someone in their life. And it can hinder your ability to fully engage in a new relationship. And it can lead to a cycle of mistrust, even trusting of yourself. So that's where stepping back and doing some deep dive recovery work with a trusted and trauma-informed coach or therapist is key. Having someone to take you by the hand, who knows the roadmap, so to speak, who can lead you through and get you to where you need to be, that's the way to go. Because that's how you are going to heal from this. And that's how you're going to be able to look at your scars in a different way. Not as a way that's going to keep you in this state of mistrust. But now you're going to look at your scars as how you are trustworthy, loyal, and you are so loving. And that's what I want for you. So if you are in need of someone to help guide you through your recovery, then below in the show notes, definitely click on that link so that you can grab a consult with me and we can discuss what is best for you moving forward in your recovery work. We can design that for you. Uh, we can decide whether you know starting out as a couple is best or starting out as individual coaching is best for you and then go from there. I would love to help you in that process. Okay, the third one for the one who's been deceived is a loss of identity. Now, I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, yes, Lisa, that's exactly what I'm going through right now because I don't even know who I am anymore. I look at this woman in the mirror and I go, who am I? I don't notice myself anymore. I can't recognize who I am anymore. I understand that, beautiful, because I was there. 
Deceit can actually erode your sense of worth, your sense of self, your self-confidence. It can affect your body image, the way you look at yourself. You may even question your own judgment, um, your ability to discern truth from lies. I was there. I totally understand. And this loss of self-identity can lead to a prolonged period of self-doubt and introspection. So that's where you're like, I really need to gain my self-identity back. And again, it does take a professional to help lead, guide, and direct you through this process. And God in the center of it all, of course, because he's our ultimate healer. And beautiful, he is the one that we get our identity from. But it does help to have someone to help guide you in that process and leading you directly to the throne of the one who can heal you. So, is there healing and redemption for the deceiver and for the one who's been deceived? Well, let me first say yes and amen. (laughs) That's the quick answer for sure, okay? When love turns into a game of deception, it's a dangerous fire that consumes hearts and leaves ashes of regret. You know, both the deceiver and the deceived can find paths to healing and redemption, Now, let's look at for the deceiver really quick. If you're the one who has been deceiving the one you love for a while, first and foremost, you need to acknowledge that you've been deceiving, that you've betrayed at the deepest level. And you need to take full responsibility and ownership for the betrayal and for the deceit. Until you acknowledge and take full ownership and responsibility, healing cannot begin to take place. So that's your first step, okay? Very first step. Then seek therapy from somebody who's trauma-informed or counseling or coaching from someone who's trauma-informed to address the underlying issues that led you to even go into a deceptive lifestyle in the first place. What caused you to um, go into pornography that led to a sexual addiction? What, what, why was this your coping mechanism? Or what caused you to step into an affair in the first place, this deceptive lifestyle? You need to understand those underlying whys so that you can begin to heal. Then you want to make amends by being honest with the one that you've deceived. You need to uh, apologize sincerely, mean it at the core, right? Repent, be remorseful, and choose to live a life that's free of deception, one that is honest and transparent moving forward. The next is to commit to a path of personal growth and self-improvement. That means you're going to work hard on your own recovery. You are not going to backtrack. You are going to continue to grow. You are going to continue to heal, improve, and to become a better person through this. This is your path to freedom. This is your path to healing and redemption. But what about the deceived, the one who has found out that they've been deceived? Well, for you, first thing is to acknowledge and accept the fact that you have been betrayed 
and you have been deceived. Until we look this square in the face, until we recognize it for what it is, we can't heal from it. You have to know what you're healing from, beautiful, in order to heal from it. And that requires us to look it square in the face, acknowledge it, and accept it. And I know how hard that is. And that's why it's so great to have a professional to hold you by the hand so that you can do this accordingly. The next is to allow yourself to grieve and process the betrayal, process the fact that you've been deceived, right? There is a deep grieving process when you've suffered betrayal trauma. And if you try to skate around it, if you try to deny it, it's only going to come back to bite you in the end. So allow yourself to grieve and process Then seek support from a professional trained trauma-informed coach or therapist from safe people in your life, friends, family members that are going to help you to navigate the emotional aftermath. Those who are going to be for you, those who desire to see you healed and whole, those who are going to speak truth into your life, they're going to speak life into you, and they are going to help you along the way. Then I want you to consider forgiveness as a means of releasing the emotional burden. Now, I know some of you, you're not there yet, and I get it, right? Never should it be a knee-jerk reaction. Because the knee-jerk forgiveness is never really truly forgiveness. It is a trauma response to try to salvage something that has been ripped out from underneath you. And that's usually your safety and security. And I did that the very first day I found out about my husband's affair. Like I knee-jerk reacted and I said, I'll forgive you if you just stop the affair. It really wasn't forgiveness. I was trying to make sense of something that didn't make sense. I was trying to bring order to chaos. And I was trying to reestablish some sense of safety and security for myself because my life had just imploded. So when I say consider forgiveness, I'm talking about consider walking through the forgiveness journey. And it is a journey. It's kind of like the layers of an onion. There are layers to forgiveness. One day you're going to forgive the fact that they had an affair. The next day you're going to forgive them for going to this particular hotel to have the affair. The next day you're going to forgive them for using your finances to get the hotel to have the affair. You get what I'm saying, right? It is a layered effect. Forgiveness is a process and forgiveness is a journey. And it's not for the sake of the one who deceived you, but it's for your own healing. Forgiveness takes them off of your hook. It puts them on God's hook so he can deal accordingly with them. And it also doesn't automatically say that what they did to you is okay. And it doesn't um, then cancel out what they did either. And forgiveness in no way, shape, or form means that you are saying, oh, well, it was okay what you did to me. No, no, no. Forgiveness means that you are literally unshackling yourself from the bondage that the betrayal seeks to have you in. That's what forgiveness does for you. And lastly, you need to rebuild trust gradually in your relationship with yourself, with your spouse, if that's possible, and with others. 
taking the lessons learned from the betrayal to protect your heart. The Bible talks about guarding your heart because from it is the wellspring of life. We are told to guard and protect our hearts. Now, that doesn't mean to shut it off from life itself. Shut it off from relationships. Shut it off from everyone else. That's not what that means. It just means to guard it. It means to take care of it. It means to discern and to to gradually allow trust to start to be rebuilt when trust is earned. So this is a gradual effect that does transpire over a period of time when you see fruit in keeping with repentance, you see true repentance, true remorse, and you actually see actions matching words. So I want to end with this today. Deceit in love is like a double-edged sword. And it inflicts wounds on both the one who is the deceiver and the one who has been deceived. It is complex and it is a painful experience to say the least. And it can leave lasting scars, emotional scars. However, it is also an opportunity, and hear me loud and clear in this, it is an opportunity for growth, for redemption, and in some cases, for a restoration of trust and a resurrection of relationship. And when you acknowledge the intricacies of this dynamic, then you can work toward healing and even perhaps prevent such deceit from reoccurring in the future in your relationships. Deceit in and of itself doesn't have to be the end of a relationship, nor does it have to be the end of you. You can heal from deceit as the one who's the deceiver and the one who's deceived. But it does take hard work and it does take God at the center. And literally having someone to lead you through can even benefit you at a greater level. So beautiful, I hope that helped you. Deception's difficult, and it's one of the hardest things to heal from. But I'm hoping that over the last two episodes that you gained some hope and you gained some encouragement that you actually can heal, that it's possible to actually resurrect the dry bones from the deceptive lifestyle that you found out you were living in. Stay tuned to Tuesday's broadcast. We've got some great things coming your way, and I can't wait to be with you again soon. Have a blessed weekend, beautiful. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.